Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. This is your host, Kat, and I'm so excited that you're able to join me for today's episode. This episode is launching on Christmas Eve, which is really exciting. And I hope that you all have some fun and relaxing holiday plans with your family and your friends and your loved ones. I'm really excited for today's episode because I get to share with you details about our recent trip to Costa Rica. And I'm also going to integrate information about travel hacking, utilizing travel rewards that are earned with credit cards. So the episode kind of has dual purposes, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this information with you. So if you've been listening to the show or following along on social media, whether on Instagram or the Facebook private group that we have for the PA, the FI way, you likely know that my husband and I went on a recent trip to Costa Rica. So I want to talk about why we chose this trip in particular, how we got a lot of the trip covered through using travel rewards, as well as what travel rewards are, some good credit card options to consider, what some of the activities are that we did on the trip, and then what were some of the downsides or a few somewhat disappointments overall. So I first want to talk about why we chose this trip in particular. I really should modify that statement and say that I really thought that this trip would be interesting. And I had to do my research and then convince my husband to come along and join me on this trip because I've mentioned before he really is a homebody and doesn't like to travel too much. So I have to convince him to try to explore different places sometimes with me. But whenever he goes, he enjoys it and has a blast. So he just misses his home as well as our dog that we have. Leading up to the trip, for example, he was researching how safe Costa Rica is. And I kept having to encourage him and say, it's very safe. Sure, things can happen anywhere, but we also live in a suburb of a major city that you hear bad things happening all the time. So you have to live a little in life, right? So besides the obvious reasons for choosing Costa Rica, which include warmth in the winter when we went, being able to relax on some beaches, we're from the upper Midwest, so it was a great time of the year to go, the beauty of the new country, the different types of adventures and activities that you can do in Costa Rica, and then obviously the coffee and chocolate, both of which the country is known for. So why we chose this exact place that we stayed, which was the Andes Costa Rica Resort at Peninsula Papagayo, which is a Hyatt hotel, was because that I heard this hotel mentioned on an episode of the Choose a Five podcast, 
as well as I had heard about how Southwest flies there, and you can utilize the companion pass, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. So with this hotel in particular, it's a very nice and luxurious hotel, but the value that you can get for your points when you redeem them is superb. So I thought that it looked like a really fun place to visit for a really good value. So what activities did we do in Costa Rica? Southwest flies to the city of Liberia, which is not a different country. So it's not the main airport in the capital city of San Jose. And then from Liberia, the Andes is about a 30 to 40 minute drive to the northwestern part of the country along the ocean. We decided not to rent a car there and decided to utilize shuttles that we paid for. Some people choose to use taxis, but the hotel has a small beach that's right next to it. It's up, the hotel is up on a hill, so you have to walk down several stairs to get to the beach. But at this beach, it's not a very nice beach to necessarily hang out at. They do have some water activities there, but their main beach that they take you to, they have free shuttles that run there to the Andes Beach House. And on this beach, they have a little restaurant that they serve food or beverages, ice cream, things like that. But at this beach, there's a ton of monkeys that hang out there. So they have these white-faced monkeys, or what most of them that hang out there are called. And it was really fun because they were all over the place, running around, jumping around in the trees. We even got to see baby monkeys by the back of their moms. So I had a lot of fun watching the monkeys as well as taking pictures of them. They also provide free rentals of different water activity sports. So my husband and I did stand-up paddleboarding because we have some here that we use at local lakes. And then they also have snorkeling and kayaking that you could do for free, which we ended up not trying those. It was pretty windy when we were there, so there were actually waves for several of the days, and we just didn't necessarily feel like swimming in the ocean too frequently. So So our first adventure that we did in the area was that we went to an adventure park. And this place was called the Diamante Eco Adventure Park. It was pretty close to where we're staying, again, about 30 to 40 minutes away. And with this park, you could choose to get a pass that does several things throughout the park, or you could pick and choose which of the activities you wanted to do. We ended up doing the adventure pass. And with this pass, we started with zip lining, and then we toured an animal sanctuary. Then we had a delicious buffet lunch and then did a culture tour as well later in the day. So I'll talk about each of those briefly here. So with the zip lining, it's very interesting because they actually have a zip line that is called the Superman zip line. And it is a dual zip line, meaning that you can go down side by side with someone. And it's an ocean view because it starts really high up on, I guess it would be a small mountain maybe a large hill, I don't know what you would call it. And you're riding side by side and you're riding crazy high up in the air. You actually have to take this bus to go up to the top of this place. And you're overlooking the ocean as you're going down on the zip line head first. They put this harness 
over your regular harness. So you're almost like laying in this harness as well. And then you zoom and fly overhead. And when you are down below, these people look so small up there and you hear this whizzing sound on the zip line. And we're like, what in the world are we thinking? But it was actually so fun. We both are not a fan of heights, but we're both really glad that we did that zip lining. I definitely plan on posting some pictures of this as well on Instagram and probably Facebook too. So make sure that you follow along at PA the F highway in the group right behind us. There was a 70 year old couple that did it as well. So they were like, if we can do it, you guys can all do it too. So it was really funny. They also had three other normal zip lines where you're just kind of sitting in the harness and go down the zip line like normal. And that was still really fun too. Then the wildlife animal sanctuary is where they have several different types of local animals that wouldn't necessarily do well or thrive or survive in the wild. So you got to see them kind of like a zoo essentially. So got to see a jaguar and sloths that were sleeping. So that wasn't super exciting. And then they had a butterfly garden and things like that. We later did this culture. They called it a tour, but it was essentially a presentation. And there was a local that was presenting about coffee, sugarcane, and chocolate. So he actually made coffee for us their traditional way, talked about roasting the beans and things like that. Then he showed us a piece of sugarcane, and then he showed us how it is essentially smashed through this machine and rolled. And we got to try some of the sugarcane juice after drinking some of that coffee that was made for us. And then finally, he cut open a cacao fruit. So we got to look at it. We got to taste some of the flesh that they actually eat often. And then he had shown us how the chocolate eventually gets like roasted and things like that. And it's a long process to make chocolate, but he showed us how you can make chocolate with the chocolate nibs. And we were able to make a little bit of chocolate and taste it ourselves. It was so good. The next day down there was actually my husband's birthday. And so he chose the activity that he wanted to do, which was he decided that he wanted to do like a four wheeling or ATV tour. And instead of us each having our own, we decided to just use the side by side one so he could drive and try to have fun. And I could just relax and not be all stressed out with trying to keep up with everybody. Because although I sometimes drive a four-wheeler, it's not the thing that I'm used to. I didn't grow up with one, so not really great at it, but it was still fun. And then we went to a nearby town and had some birthday lunch and shopped for souvenirs. And throughout the whole trip, I kept saying things like, oh yeah, tomorrow is his birthday. And then on his birthday, I would say, today is his birthday. And then I would say, oh yeah, yesterday was just his birthday. And we're able to get all sorts of free desserts and cake and things like that. And Hyatt even had a birthday cake for him in the room, which is really nice of them. So I highly recommend that if you are traveling, don't be ashamed or afraid to say that it's your birthday or anniversary or honeymoon or whatever you're celebrating on your trip. Then the next day, we were just going to relax and hang around the resort area. But we started talking to one of the guys on the beach that helps organize some of the tours and things like that. And so we decided to go ahead and do 
some sport fishing with them in the ocean because their price was pretty much about half of what it would have been booked through the hotel. So we booked that for the next day. And that was after we got some massages on the beach, which were really nice as well. So the next day we woke up early and fished and we only got one fish, but it was a mahi-mahi, which was amazing and delicious. So my husband was able to reel that in and we were going to see if we could get any more, but we couldn't for that trip, but it was still really fun. So they offered to cook and grill it for us for lunch, but we decided that we'd rather have it for dinner. So we brought it back to the hotel and gave it to the chef and he held it for us. While we went jet skiing that day after we had our COVID test before having it to come back the next day to the U.S. So we did not have to test for COVID going down there, but we had to test for COVID coming back into the United States. The Andas offered COVID testing, which we could book through them. We did have to pay for it. So after that, then we had our last dinner there. And Brian said that he told the chef to just prepare it however he would normally prepare mahi-mahi and kind of let him decide what to do. So it started with this delicious ceviche. And he made it this tropical way, he said. So like tropical fruit juices and some fruits in there, but then tomatoes and everything like that. And the flavor was just so good. I'm going to be dreaming about that ceviche. It was delicious. Then after that, we had a plated dinner with the mahi-mahi, and then various sauces, as well as rice and things like that. It was definitely the best meal of our trip. There was a cost to the meal, but it was a lot cheaper than the other meals because we provided the fish from catching it. So how much of this trip was actually free for us by using travel hacking from travel rewards with credit cards that we've signed up for? So our complete stay at the Andes Hyatt Hotel was completely free, paid for points. There were actually no resort fees even or hotel taxes or anything like that. So it was just straight up 20,000 points per night. So how the points redemption works through Hyatt is that there are different hotel categories. So depending upon the category, that's how many points that there are that you would redeem. So 20,000 points is for a Category 5 hotel. And it looks like, for reference, a Category 1 hotel is only 5,000 points per night, and a Category 8 hotel is 40,000 points per night. So again, it just kind of depends upon where you're going, and these are all for standard rooms. There are also suites that you can do and premium suites and things like that through Hyatt, which we didn't do for this trip. Then we used Southwest Points to pay for my flight. So my flight was free, utilizing the points. But then I had the companion pass. So that means that a companion who I've designated can fly with me as well. So my husband came along for free. However, you do have to pay taxes and fees for the flights. But it was only 80 or $81 each to fly round trip for the taxes and fees. So for about 160 bucks, we were able to, the two of us, fly to Costa Rica and back from the upper Midwest. When I was booking the hotel and the flights, I actually recorded how much these would have cost if we paid for out of pocket. 
So we originally planned for seven nights at the hotel, and I will talk about that later. But again, seven nights at the hotel would have been 140,000 points. When I booked this place in June, the standard room that we were in would have been $370.50 each night, which would have been $2,593.50 for the base cost. Then an additional cost of $311.22 for resort fees plus $377.61 for sales tax. So that would have been a total of $3,282.33. Again, if we would have stayed the seven nights. I was able to find flights for Southwest that were 13,280 points there and the same amount of points on the way back, which is on the lower end of the flights as well. It just kind of depend upon when it was booked. Definitely the week of Christmas, both the hotel costs and the flights were really expensive. So we were there a week or two before Christmas. So it was kind of right before the peak season. So the flights would have been for two people, $640 plus taxes and fees of $267.36. So a total of $907.36. And instead, again, we paid $160 total for the two of us to fly round trip there and back. So folks, this is literally the definition of travel hacking. Had the stay at this luxury hotel for free, and then the flight's super cheap. And so how do you travel hack? Most people get the most bang for their buck by utilizing credit card sign-up bonus points that you earn. I have done a whole episode about travel rewards to earn for travel, which was episode 22. So you can certainly go ahead and listen to that episode if you haven't yet but I will touch on some of the information here briefly as well in case there are some new listeners. So for many, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is an excellent credit card to start with. Currently, the sign-up bonus is 60,000 points after you spend $4,000 on purchases of on your credit card in the first three months from when the account was opening, not when you get your card, but when you actually open the account. So this card is really great for a number of reasons, but One of them is that it has many transfer partners. I believe that the last time I looked, there are 14. So that includes different airlines and different hotels. And interestingly enough, both Southwest and Hyatt are listed in there. There are several other airlines and hotels. You can look up Chase Sapphire Preferred Transfer Partners to take a look to see if there are some that you're interested in. This card also has a pretty low annual fee. Now, it does sound high if you're used to credit cards without annual fees like I used to be, but it's $95 currently. However, several other travel credit cards can be in the upwards of like $300, $400, even $500 per year. Now, they can also have different benefits, such as being able to go into different lounges, unlike the Chase Sapphire Preferred or be able to like cover different travel costs or things like that with the annual fees. So sometimes those spendier annual fees can offset some of the benefits you get out of them. But I have not brought myself to get any of those credit cards that have those really large annual fees yet by any means. So this is the credit card that I did start with. 
Then I decided I wanted to earn the Southwest Companion Pass, and I absolutely love this. So with Southwest, you first would want to look up a Southwest flight map to see the different cities that Southwest flies to. So they fly through numerous cities throughout the continental United States, as well as Hawaii now, many Caribbean islands, and obviously with this podcast episode, to various countries in Central America. So it's a really cool airline that flies to many different places. So if any of those things intrigue you, then consider getting the Southwest Companion Pass. And now is a really good time of the year to also consider this. And I'll let you know why. So how the Southwest Companion Pass works is once you have earned 125,000 points, which does sound like a lot, and I'll let you know one of the easiest ways of getting this is in a moment. Once you earn that, for the rest of that calendar year and the whole following year, you can designate a companion to fly for free with you. That can be a spouse or family member, can be a friend. Unfortunately, you can't change your companion unlimitedly, but you can change it, I believe it's three times within a year, so you can have four total companions if you change it three times after you designate your first one. So earlier this year, I flew to Florida and Texas with my mom for different trips, and she was my companion for those trips. So I think that this is something that's so cool to try to aim and earn for. After the two years are up, again, if you have a significant other, they can then earn a companion pass and you can become their companion. So you guys can kind of flip-flop. Or I've heard of families of four have their kiddos be their companion, where the two parents have the companion pass each, and then their two young kiddos come with them on trips for free. Again, there are taxes and fees involved even when you are redeeming points, so you do have to pay some cost. But if I recall the flights from Florida and Texas, the taxes and fees were like 10 bucks or something like that. They can be very minimal when it's domestic flights. They do become a little bit more expensive internationally, but they're still super cheap compared to paying the full price of the flight. So one of the quickest ways to earn a Southwest Companion Pass would be to get both a personal Southwest credit card and a business Southwest credit card. Now, I can almost hear many of you saying, oh, I don't have a business, but do not fret. A simple Google search can show you how there are many types of businesses that can count for a small business to be able to qualify for these business credit cards. So for example, if you sell things online, if you regularly sell on eBay at times or have an Etsy shop or coach a team or provide music lessons, shovel snow for pay, or even an independent contractor, such as working for Uber or Lyft or deliver food for DoorDash or Grubhub, then you can qualify as a small business owner. Again, I encourage you to not be deterred by that. It's completely legal because you are technically a small business when you are operating by doing these side hustle things. So don't feel as though you have to have a true LLC 
or a big business to qualify. If you are really wanting to pursue the Southwest Companion Pass, I personally would encourage you to consider trying to apply and get approved for that business credit card first instead of the personal one, because if you don't get approved for that business one, it would be a real downer if you're like, oh, shoot, I already got my points for my personal credit card, but I don't even qualify now for my business credit card. So it is really important that you formulate a plan when you are considering these things. I've also gotten the Chase Business Inc. credit card too, so a business credit card for more Chase points. So after those four credit cards, so the Chase Sapphire Preferred, Chase Business Inc., a personal and a business credit card for Southwest, I probably should flip those saying business first to make sure that you qualify and get approved. Then I knew that we were going to be staying at this Hyatt Andes Hotel in Costa Rica. So I decided to get the Hyatt credit card next because I could use those points directly through booking with Hyatt. So after I redeemed my points through Hyatt, I was still short of the 140,000 points that I thought we were going to need for the seven nights. So what you can do then when you are ready to redeem points is you go to your, your Chase Ultimate Rewards portal where all of your points are stored. Then you transfer them to their transfer partners. So I transferred the amount of points that I needed to Hyatt. And then once it showed up in my Hyatt account, I was able to book the stay with all of the points. And that process can take some time, I've read and heard, but honestly, the two times that I've done it, it's been very, very quick, like a few moments. Okay, so I have sufficiently gone off on the points tangent, but I hope that you learned something through all of that. I feel as though it's one of the best paying hobbies out there besides personal finance, obviously, because travel is something that I highly prioritize in my life and I am not willing to not travel on the way to financial independence. So if that's the case for you, or even if you don't necessarily like to travel overseas very frequently, but have a lot of family throughout the country or friends throughout the country, and you just fly a lot throughout the United States, I encourage you to consider utilizing travel rewards so you can travel hack and earn some free travel. I've also written a blog post about travel rewards on the PA the FIWA website, and I will link that in the show notes as well. But in there, I do talk about some things to consider before diving into travel hacking. And these things include that you need to have a pretty good credit score. So even a moderately good credit score, you might not be able to actually qualify for some of these credit cards. You can do your research in Google and kind of see what people think that it's at currently. Sometimes I feel like different companies might become a little bit more strict at times, but that's something to consider. You also need to be able to pay off your credit cards on time and in full every single month. If you carry a balance on your credit card and you are earning astronomically high interest fees, then those obviously offset the reward of earning free travel. So you do not want to carry a balance. Travel hacking is only for responsible credit card users. And before when I said for the Chase Sapphire Preferred how the current spend requirement is $4,000 in three months, 
you might say, holy cow, that's a lot of money to put on a credit card. Well, truthfully, if you are putting every single spend on there that you can, such as groceries, activities for your kiddos, clothing, restaurants, entertainment, etc., it does really add up. You also, though, should not open a credit card if you cannot meet the minimum required spend. If you're like, hey, I just know I would never spend $4,000 in three months on a credit card, then travel hacking is not for you because there's really no point in it. And then one final thing to consider before diving into travel hacking is that if you are trying to qualify for a large loan, such as a potential mortgage coming up, or if you're trying to refinance your mortgage soon, then you probably should not be opening up a new credit card either because then that can cause some issues with trying to qualify for those things. Travel hacking can affect your credit score slightly, but it's only by a few points for when those hard pulls are completed on your credit card. So again, I don't really care if my credit score drops by a few points if I get thousands of dollars worth in free travel. Travel hacking can be really good for you too if you are really flexible with your travel. So if you need to go to like a specific city or a specific country on this specific date, travel hacking might be a little bit challenging because it really depends on the time of year as to when the costs are higher for the flights as well as for the hotels. So you might not be able to find a room that's available or the amount of points you'd have to pay for the flight would just be way too high. They're like, eh, that's not really worth it. So normally I would say consider the Chase Sapphire preferred credit card first if you're interested in travel hacking. However, because of the time of the year, you're going to be hearing this on Christmas Eve likely or towards the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. Maybe you want to actually pursue the Southwest Companion Pass first because then you're able to maximize the amount of time that you'd have the companion pass if you do earn it. But it's very important that let's say you do open at the end of 2021, you do not want to hit the minimum spend before the new year. Because if you hit the minimum spend, you know, if you need to spend thousands of dollars on a big purchase by the end of the year, don't do it in 2021. You want to do that large purchase all at once in early 2022, because otherwise you would only have the companion pass good for the rest of 2021 and then all of 2022. So essentially you wasted almost a whole year of having the companion pass. But again, travel hacking really is all about your travel goals. So you need to consider what airlines you like to use, what cities or countries you want to visit to try to figure out the best credit card options for you. Travel reward credit cards also have referral bonuses, meaning that if you do sign up through my referral links, then I would get some extra points to use too. So if you found this information interesting and helpful, it would be so appreciated if you were to sign up. And through the website PA the FI way, you can sign up under the recommended tab travel reward credit cards, or through the blog post that I will link in the show notes as well. Or you can always send me an email at cat, K-A-T, at P-A, the F-I way. If you have any particular questions about any of the credit cards, or if you want me to send you the link directly, I would be happy to do that as well. 
So let's go back to the trip just a little bit more. So I do highly recommend the Andes in Costa Rica. It was absolutely beautiful. It was wonderful. And the people were so friendly and helpful too. So the staff were excellent. I highly recommend the place. However, I try to keep it completely honest here on the podcast. So I do want to share some of the downsides of our trip overall. So as I previously mentioned, I booked this trip in June once the flights resumed to Costa Rica because they were completely shut down for many months. It sounds like almost a year. When we were visiting Costa Rica, many of the locals actually said that they were laid off. They didn't have jobs for 11 to 12 months because of the COVID pandemic because tourism is one of the main sources of income for the country. So they have all been super excited and grateful, from what I could tell at least, to be able to have tourists back and that they're able to help us out by different services that they offer. So after booking in June, both the flight and the hotel and syncing everything up, a few months later I got notified that our flight coming back home was changed to a day later. Well, unfortunately, at that time, the hotel did not have any nights that were available for booking through points. And by that time, the price of a room had gone pretty high. It was $400 for some of the rooms, some of the really fancy rooms there. I'm not kidding, guys. Online, they're like $700, even over $1,000. I feel like Some of them are like $2,000 even. They're really fancy and have these giant suites there, which obviously we weren't going to spend that. So I was like, well, I'm not willing to spend a few hundred dollars on this hotel when I could get it for a free night, right? But again, there weren't any openings. So I did find a hotel in the marina that's local to there. It was about a mile away, and I reserved it through the app Hotels.com, and I reserved it in the way that I could cancel for free. I didn't want to pay ahead of time and then have any late cancellation fees or anything like that. So there is a way that you can reserve it where you can cancel any time up to, I believe, like 24 hours before your stay. And then I also called Hyatt and they're like, yeah, unfortunately we don't have any hotels, but they said to just keep a lookout for it. So every week or two, I would just pop on their website to see if there had been any cancellations and if there would be an extra night that I could get. So one did show up and I was able to reserve one extra night and then cancel our reservation at the other hotel. So the flights in and out of Costa Rica through Southwest aren't very often, meaning that they aren't multiple times a day. Sometimes they're not even daily. There might be like a day or two or a few days in between flights. So that's why Southwest was like, sorry, we had to postpone you a day and we're just not flying back out that day before anymore. I don't know why exactly that happened, but I was super thankful that we were able to add on an extra night for when we were staying. Then we were supposed to leave on early Saturday morning to fly down to Costa Rica. But the afternoon before, 
we started getting a lovely snowstorm slash blizzard here in the upper Midwest. And we were supposed to leave our house like at 3 a.m. So I woke up about like 1.30 or 2 a.m. to try to finish assembling everything and change and get ready to get out the door. And I saw a notification that our flight got delayed and it would have been delayed too late to catch our connecting flight down to Costa Rica. So then a few moments later, I got another notification from Southwest that said they automatically already rebooked our flight, but it was postponed two days later. So unfortunately, due to weather, we had to cut our trip two days short. So that was kind of a bummer because we're looking forward to being there. But at the same time, we originally did have the trip booked for quite a while. It was over a week and it was like, well, two days shorter, we're there about a week. It's okay. We'll, we'll deal with it. Again, super early in the morning, like around 2 a.m., I'm on the phone with Southwest about this, confirming that we actually can't fly out any sooner and get down there sooner. And they're like, yep, sorry, we can't help you with that. So then I contacted Hyatt right away and I said, hey, due to weather changes, we have to cut our stay two days short. So please change our arrival time to this date. And they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll do that. And I said, okay. And I said, just curious, what ends up happening with those points that I booked the hotel with? Because I was concerned I was going to lose them. You know, essentially, like it was such a late cancel and that I just wouldn't get them. But thank goodness, because of the situation, they're like, oh, yeah, they're already back in your account. So we got 40,000 Hyatt points deposited back to my account, which is great. So two days later, once we actually arrive into Costa Rica and get to the Andes, We're trying to check in, talking to the staff, and then they go, so it looks like that we actually marked you as a no-show because Hyatt's system didn't commute with the Andes Hotel directly, unfortunately. So even though the hotel is a Hyatt, there was some type of glitch in their system that it looked like on their end we just didn't show. And so they had to find a room for us and recheck us in and things like that. And again, they were very helpful and nice about this. I do really appreciate that. Then you have to laugh about these things, right? A few days later, I'm looking at my credit card charges and they do have to put a large sum on a credit card that they penned for incidentals just in case. But I saw this other charge of like $618 and I was like, hmm, what is that from? And it was charged from the hotel. And so I talked with staff again, and what they said was that when we were marked as a no-show somehow, they ended up charging us for that no-show. But they recognized again that this was due to Hyatt's glitch in their communication with Andes Hotel. And so they're like, yeah, obviously this was a mistake, and you can't, and you shouldn't be allowed to, you know, be charged for this, so... What they ended up doing was using that as a credit towards our room charge. So throughout the stay, whenever we were using our credit card on site, then it was just getting charged to the room overall. So just kind of a running tab, essentially. So they did reconcile that situation as well. Again, a few glitches here and there, so to speak, but it was still a really fun trip overall. I do have to say, though, 
that one of the main downsides of staying where we stayed was how expensive the food was there. So first of all, this place is not an all-inclusive resort unless you specifically add on the all-inclusive part. And they mentioned when we were checking in that it would be $150 per person per day. So that would have been $300 per day for food and beverages. And we looked at each other and just kind of laughed because we're like, yeah, no way. However, ordering at the restaurants that they have, they have several restaurants on site or on the peninsula. You can also go to other hotel restaurants too, if you want to, but they were all pretty high in price. Not only was the food expensive for a dollar amount, but they also automatically add a 10% service charge. So it's essentially an automatic tip and a 13% VAT or VAT tax. And that's for like services and goods. So we would order. And then when we got the bills for the meals, they would end up being 23% more than what we're expected. So every time it was like sticker shock. I know that we, you know, should have like mentally done the math or something like that, but we were still just trying to order responsibly and not get outlandishly expensive food items by any means. So we ended up usually just eating two meals per day on average. So kind of like a brunch meal as well as like a early dinner meal which is truthfully my favorite thing to do when traveling. That's like my jam. Two meals a day when I'm traveling, I love it. Also at the hotel, another benefit is that in your room, they have a drawer of snacks that they stock. I will say that these were somewhat interesting. They were essentially a variety of local chips that were made out of different things. So they had chips made from bananas, plantains, yuccas, Malangas and corn chips of some sort. So it wasn't necessarily a large variety of different snack options, but the chips had different types, so to speak. So we ate just like a couple of those and then they would restock them. I wouldn't say that you can necessarily call that a meal by any means, but it was kind of a nice little perk. And then also they had a small drawer that was kind of like a fridge, but it didn't get really cold. It just got slightly cold. And they always had water in there as well as different cans of pop. So my husband enjoyed having some cans of Coke down there and those were free. So that was kind of nice as well. So overall, I think that the trip was great. It was a beautiful place to visit. We ended up not doing some of the Things like going to Arenal region, which is this volcano, or Monte Verde, which are like the rainforest. We didn't really go to the rainforest areas because those would have been three hours each way. So we didn't really feel like spending six hours in a car in a day. But I always have to remind myself when I travel that you can always visit the country again in in your future if you'd like and then go to different areas of the country as well. But I overall would highly recommend this place. Again, just be open-minded that the cost of the food is pretty darn expensive, unfortunately. Also, those activities that we did were usually a few hundred dollars total for the two of us, so those added up with time too. So our total cost for the trip with food 
shuttles, activities, a few souvenirs here and there, COVID tests to come back to the United States was right around $2,400. Now, maybe there were ways that we could have saved a little bit more on food or the activities overall, but we were really happy with the activities that we ended up doing and the food was pretty good, just that, you know, it seemed like it was pretty expensive for the food that you were getting. So that part was kind of a bummer. Besides that last night of the mahi-mahi, that was an amazing dinner. So honestly, I would say that that amount of money was a pretty good amount to spend for about a week in Costa Rica. I hope that you are kind of inspired by this episode, whether you're thinking about perhaps visiting the country or perhaps you're thinking about starting travel rewards and travel hacking. Again, if you have any questions, please reach out to me. I also want to hear from you for next week's episode. So next week, the episode is going to air on New Year's Eve. And I want to hear from you what your financial wins of 2021 have been, as well as your financial goals for 2022. And even though this podcast is for current and future PAs in particular, I know that there are some spouses that listen or other friends or family that might take a listen. You don't have to be a PA to let me know what your financial wins or financial goals are. I still want to hear the successes of the listeners overall. So you can either comment on the Instagram page or Facebook page on the post that I made about this, or again, you can DM me or send me an email to kat, K-A-T, at P-A, the F-I-Way.com. And let me know what your financial wins and financial goals are. And then you can definitely include your name if you'd like a shout out to on the episode. I want to wrap up this episode by saying, Merry Christmas. It's such a wonderful time of the year. I have a strong faith background, so I'm thankful for this time of year for what it means for me in particular about that, but also for others who don't celebrate Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season as well as New Year too. And I really hope again that you're able to relax and spend time with all of your friends and family that you really care about. Cherish those times with them. I would love to just share a few ways about how you can support the show as well. You could share this episode with your PA colleagues and friends or your significant others or family members that you plan on travel hacking with. Maybe you need to get your spouse on board to be able to decide that you guys want to try to open up some credit cards and earn points that way. If you are a regular on the show, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review about what you enjoy about the podcast, and you can subscribe or follow along as well for future episodes. You can also donate and sponsor the show by something called Buy Me a Coffee. So if you go to the PA the FIWA website in the bottom right corner, there's a little purple icon that you can click on if you feel inclined to do so. I'll also have a link in the show notes too, but it'd be really cool if you feel as though you've gotten a lot of value from the show so far overall. And then finally, you could also consider shopping on the Christmas guide that I created for current and future PAs. And I know that 
you won't be able to get the items ordered in time from the Christmas guide because this is launching on Christmas Eve. But if there's anything in that guide that you've been thinking about perhaps getting for yourself for a special treat, then that could be helpful as well. I'll link that guide in the show notes as well. Or you can go back and take a listen to episode 43 if you wanted to hear what some of those items are. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas Eve and Christmas tomorrow as well. And thank you so much for taking the time to take a listen today. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.